What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Brett Schottkavis, here talking about all things assisted living investing. So today, I want to talk about a myth, a myth that I want to bust that I was first taught when I jumped into this game, when I was first learning about investing in assisted living. I was told this, and I would call it kind of a borderline lie. And uh, I just want to pop it right up the front. So everybody who's looking and thinking about getting into assisted living or investing in this space knows right up front from somebody in the game, from someone who's doing this and growing their business. Is this for real? Can I do this myth? Or is it a myth? Is it true? So let's talk about this. What I was told, the myth that I want to bust today is that an REL, so a residential assisted living, a small assisted living, right? When I say REL, I think like six bed, eight bed, 10 bed, these smaller residential assisted livings. Here's the myth I was told that an RAL, you can do, you can start your own RAL, your own residential assisted living by buying just about any house, any house, any city, any neighborhood in the United States, and that you can convert this house and make it into an assisted living. And because you can do that, now you can make money and it can be your job and it can be passive. I was told that you could do this pretty much anywhere with pretty much any house. It didn't matter if it had two stories, you could still do it. It didn't matter if it was an HOA, that you could still do it. it. It didn't really matter at all. Pick any house you want. Pick a nice, big, beautiful house. It has four bedrooms. You can even convert the garage and, and split that into two bedrooms and have a six bedroom house. And now you're renting that house out and you're making a, a, a passive income. You're making money. You're making $10,000, $15,000 a month from one house. That was the myth that I heard. That was uh, what I was told, and it actually got me excited about this industry, about this niche. So I want to break this down because I think it is completely untrue. Now, there's going to be some of you that say, well, yeah, you know, I've done it. I do this and I do that, and it totally works. There's definitely going to be exceptions. But overall, as a general rule, I think that this whole model does not work. This whole six bed, eight bed model doesn't work, right? I've tried it. I could not make any money from it. I don't like it. So I'm here to tell you that I think that this, um, this idea that you can just buy any house is a, it, it's a, it's a fallacy. It's a lie. It's something that they're trying to hook you on. Someone's trying to sell you this idea, um, to, to promote their, their industry, their niche, what they're doing. So let's break this down a little bit because really, if you want to pursue this space, and you want to do a smaller assisted living or residential assisted living, they can work. They can be profitable, but you have to have some education on these kind of things. You have to know what you're looking for. So if you're going to go and, and buy an existing house, right, in any city, in any state in the country, there are, are going to be things you got to have to consider, right? Now, some of these things are deal killers for your assisted living, for your house. And I think a lot of times they're just glossed over saying like, hey, you can do this. Any house in, in the country, right? There's, there's fair housing laws and no one can stop you from doing it. Um, well, yes and no, but a lot of times it, it's not worth it. And a lot of times you're gonna get blocked on these type of deals. So here's some of the things you need to consider if you are looking at doing a smaller residential assisted living, right? What about fire suppression? What about fire sprinklers? What about fire alarms? Is it required that you have to have fire suppression? In some states it is, some states it's not. And that's just at a state level. 
But additionally, what about your local level? What about your county or your city? What does your fire marshal require? So where I am at, I am required to have a full 13 fire suppression system. And it's a beast of a system. It's a commercial system, right? And it's it's $100,000 to put something like that in. That's just the fire system, the fire suppression, the, the fire sprinklers. That's not the fire alarm, right? I still have to have a fire alarm. So some of these things can be deal killers right off the bat. You think, oh, I can go and buy this house and I'm going to put six people in it and it's going to work and I'm going to make passive income and I'm going to have all of these things lined up and I can, you know, I'm already dreaming of my financial freedom and my future. No, not so much, right? Just as one deal killer right there can sink your ship. So consider fire suppression, fire alarms. What about ADA, right? Have you looked into what ADA looks like? The amount of codes and what's required for ADA? You know that ADA even applies to closets, right? You have to have handicapped accessible closets, right? So um, bedroom sizes for ADA, bathroom sizes, toilets. I'm not just talking about grab bars, but look at the code for what a shower is. It's a huge um, reconfiguring of your shower to have an ADA shower, to have ADA doors, to have ADA hallways, to have ADA turn radiuses. A lot of times there is no possible way you can convert your normal looking house into an ADA compliant assisted living. It's just not going to happen. And so case by case, there are requirements for your state, for your city. Um, what are, what is required by ADA? So for me in, in my area, it is 50%, 50%. I have to have 50% occupancy, 50% ADA on all my bedrooms, on all my bathrooms, uh, on all of these things. Right. And that's not even counting. Um, what about the front door? What about the back door? Is there steps? Do you now have to put in a ramp? Have you looked at what the, the angle is for you to put in a ramp on these things? They, they're, they're pretty aggressive, the requirements on ADA. So you can't just take a house and make it compliant, right? You're going to get blocked. There's going to be a deal killer here with this. Now, what about the health department? Your health department is going to be different than my health department, but my health department is a real stickler. They wanted commercial um, fire suppression. They wanted commercial dishwashers. They wanted a three compartment sink. They wanted hand washing stations. They want, they, they will can impose so many different things on you that again, can kill the deal that can say, no, you can't just take a normal house and, and make it an assisted living, right? This is a, a, a um, in their mind, it is a health facility, whether you call it residential or not in their mind, it's black and white and you're providing health services and you have to meet those requirements. What about room sizes, right? Can you just take a normal size kid's room and can you make that into a, a bedroom? Can you put two people in, in, in a normal room or in a, in a master bedroom? Because there's going to be codes on all of those things. There's going to be actual bedroom sizes like, hey, you cannot have a minimum of this or this. There is, um, there's bathroom sizes minimums. There's shower and toilet minimums. There's minimums for your dining room size, your living room size. You can have minimums that you have to meet for everything. And a lot of times when you have a house, you can't just start knocking down walls and moving things, right? If you have a normal size hallway and it's 30 inches wide, you're not going to be able to, to, to get a, a wheelchair through there, right? It, it just cannot be practical. It's not a plug and play thing where you can just take a house and make this into an assisted living. What about egress requirements, right? In a fire, if your front door is blocked by some kind of fire or some type of other emergency, what is the rear exit? What is the secondary egress? Can you get out a back door and is it paved and is it paved for a wheelchair? 
And is it flat where they don't have to go up a hill or down a hill where they're not going to um, be able to, to take themselves? Can they get to a safe distance? A lot of times, again, it's a backyard and there's a step down. And if you're in a wheelchair in a fire in the middle of the night in the dark, you're not getting out of this building. It's not going to happen. Like you need to consider egress because so many of these things will be deal killers for you. And you'll just go and you'll buy this house because you were told this myth that I can buy any house and I'm going to buy this, this, you know, this five bedroom house over here and I can convert the garage and I can do this. I'm going to hit my financial freedom dream. No, you're going to get blocked. You're going to lose the money that you invested into this. You can resell the house, but how much time, how much effort, what about your closing costs, right? What about the commissions you have to pay? You're going to have to know this due diligence on the front side. So we haven't even talked about zoning yet. Zoning is the biggest deal killer of them all. With the RALs, the cities do not like you. They do not think that you are an assisted living. They think residential neighborhood, it's for residential housing. And you say, well, no, I want to take care of people. And, um, you know, federal housing law says I can. And they say, no, not in my city. You know what? Um, this is residential over here. On this side, this is commercial. And clearly, we think in black and white and assisted living is commercial. You need to be over here, right? This property over here, you have to buy. You have to convert this. You have to build this. They don't like our niche of residential assisted living. They don't, it doesn't fit into their black and white um, set of rules. So a lot of times this will be the biggest deal killer you have. And you can lose a ton of money if you're not being careful because you're going to buy this property. You're going to go through all of this stuff, architects and engineers. You're going to um, do all everything that you're going to do to convert your assisted living. And then to find out if you haven't gone through this and found out on the front side that the city's going to block you. The city's going to say, no, you can't do that. Or the, the, the other possibility is they're going to say, okay, you are, well, yeah, you can, but you can only do it for six residents. Okay, yes, you know, Americans with Disabilities Act says you, you can provide the services, but it doesn't say how many you can provide it for. You know, you know, you came in and you said you wanted to convert the garage and do 10 beds. Well, we're not going to let you do that. We, we, um, we'll let you do six, right? And six beds, oh my goodness, you're going to lose money. It is not a deal worth doing. You're going to invest all of your time, all of your energy, spend six months, a year, 18 months on some type of deal like this to either get blocked or to lose money on a deal. And it's just not worth it. So this is a myth that is busted. I think for sure, do not just go with this idea that you can take any house in any neighborhood and convert it and, and spend just like $10,000. Um, you know, it might be 50, 100, $200,000 if you're just gonna buy a normal house to make it compliant, to make it ADA, to make the requirements of your fire marshal, of your state licensure. Right. And then check out what is the requirements on your state, on the licensure where I'm at. It is a huge, like 25 page checklist of requirements that I have to meet in order just to apply for a license. Right. They, they are not thinking residential assisted living. Oh, we'll make it easy for them. Right. They're trying to help seniors. No, they are thinking black and white. I have to cover my butt. That's what the state is thinking. And they will they're, they're not really on your side. So. If you're going to do this, it is for sure possible, but I want you to know that you have to have a strong set of due diligence. There's so many things you have to check. So on our website, palm.university, I have a free download of my due diligence checklist. 
This is everything that I go through when I'm gonna buy either land to build or I'm gonna buy an existing property to convert, everything that you need. So you can download that there. And if you are looking forward to this, if you are um, wanting to invest in assisted living, I love it. I think it is the best way to invest, but this small REL, this buy a house anywhere and convert it and you're good. No, it is not true. It is a myth that has been sold and you have to go a different path. You have to go with a different style of deal. So do your due diligence. You can definitely do it, but just be careful of the myths that are out there.